0: Hello and welcome back to 100% Real with Ruby. We have another mindset moment today, but this one's more like a mindset orgasm because we have, well, a lot to dig into, but at the same time, it's quite unison in its theme. And we were talking offline just before on like, what is true motivation? And Thomas was going on about how it's so bullshit when people are quick to dismiss the fact that you don't need to be motivated and it also got me thinking about something I listened to recently where it isn't really motivation as a feeling because it's just like when people say they feel fat like feeling fat has nothing to do with like being fat itself like you can be doing everything amazingly feeling really good then one day you feel fat like It's, it's more than that. And just same with motivation. It's more than just feeling motivated. And something I was listening to recently was digging into the skills, everything you do in the gym, everything you apply to your training, your nutrition, the whole journey on transforming yourself. I did just put this into an Instagram post, by the way, but the whole act of transforming yourself is a force multiplier. It goes beyond that. It reeks into the fact that you you'll become more productive. You'll like you'll go for more opportunities in business and in life. But all of that, why? It's because you're developing a skill. You're developing a skill base. Motivation is a skill that you develop. And you need to like what is true motivation. And as Thomas was saying, he literally said it's not this surface surface level bullshit. It's not feeling motivation. It's all this stuff that I actually do to set me out from all the other bullshit all the other coaches are saying like it's about the identity it's about what really moves you it's about resilience about your beliefs and digging more into those so I guess with everything that's going on in the world with people going into lockdowns with coronavirus still around vacations whatever it is this is where it really becomes even more important because that thing that you were once attached to that gym, that training session, that routine is now out the window and it leaves a lot of people feeling lost. And that's when they start to realize who the fuck am I? Like, who am I? Like, what, what is my purpose anymore? And it leaves a lot of people feeling lost and they realize they don't actually have an identity because they just cling to this external thing. So I guess that's where I'm going to leave it and let Thomas take over because there is so much to go down here and yeah.
1: Thanks Ruby. Uh, I suppose if we try to give a rundown of what this episode is meant to be about, which is primarily just giving people a bunch of tools, a bunch of skills, a bunch of mental perspectives on how best to cope mentally with lockdown in particular but realistically any particularly challenging or stressful period and so we'll touch on what you just spoke about which is identity because i think that's one of the biggest factors in resilience which doesn't really get addressed a whole lot and we, we tend to think of well, when we talk about resilience people tend to think of the, the traditional standard stuff which is extremely important and i can't speak highly enough of it around gratitude mindfulness empathy and we'll, we'll talk about all those kind of things and basic health nutrition exercise etc but uh realistically everything that goes on inside our head is is created by ourselves and it's to do with our perception of situations and things like that and so i think it's not quite enough to just talk about gratitude and mindfulness and stuff when we're talking about resilience uh because we need to basically address something like like the thing about lockdown as you say it takes away so many um Things that people typically rely on. So maybe it's the gym or it's the training or it's socializing or it's impacted your work or your career. And ultimately, just about everything we do uh, or so much of what we do and so much of what we feel and how we act stems or comes back to our self image and our identity. And so I think one of the most important steps we can take towards becoming more resilient is having an identity or developing or cultivating an identity that is more adaptable and is more within our control and isn't at the mercy of external circumstances right so to give you an example if someone's identity is heavily wrapped up in one particular area right let's use fitness as an example I've fallen up very much into this trap myself in the past if I had too many of my identity eggs in the uh, fitness basket of like it was it was my training it was the fact that I was a fitness educator and a PT and all this kind of stuff and so what would happen was that when my training was going well, and when my clients were going well, and I felt like I was uh, in a good rhythm with what I was wanting to teach in fitness and all that kind of stuff, and it was like, and that area of life was going well, I was good, I was fine. And then if I got injured, or you know, my my clients weren't getting the results that I was hoping to get for them, and all these kind of things, it was like my mood would. know would ride the waves with how that area of life was going because my whole identity was wrapped up in one particular thing and that was a really dangerous uh, path that i took myself down whereas when we have an identity that's a little more adaptable and a little more fluid it means that we can respond to situations like a lockdown that's taken away say the gym or maybe it's impacted your social life or it's impacted your uh career or work or finances or whatever and if we have an identity of, for example, being, simply being someone who is a learner, someone who is fascinated with adapting to a challenging situation and growing from it mentally, well then suddenly now you've got this identity of someone who actually almost benefits from these situations. Um, and so we're trying to sort of let ourselves be not so singularly defined by one particular area, such as say your, fit, you know, your fitness in the gym, uh, or your career or, you know, maybe it's kind of like your social life, so to speak, because now when lockdown or whatever it might be, takes those things away, then you've sort of had this massive pillar like pulled out from underneath you. Whereas if we can have this identity of being, okay, I am someone with the identity of being a really good supportive friend. Well, you can do that through any situation and you can be the person who shows up for their mates during lockdowns, during a challenging time, Uh, and, and your identity hasn't been so rocked by a lockdown, by a really stressful, you know, period of change. Now, that's just identity. We've got a million other things we can talk about. That's one area of resilience that I think doesn't get much love is understanding that, uh, you know, like just about everything we do and feel, so much of it comes back to our self-image. And when our self-image is like kind of under, what's the word, under fire or, or getting, you know, going through an earthquake kind of thing that really messes with us you're Uh, touching
0: you're touching on environment right now as in a physical environment maybe we can also integrate the social environment of it all because sometimes we attach our identity to how others perceive us which is actually one of the biggest issues and that's pretty much the real reason behind why we are lost with our physical environment because we have this We have this need to be perceived in a certain way, to exceed expectations in a certain way. So with that at the core, how exactly does that blend into our approaches next?
1: That's a very good question. And that's something I've given a lot of thought to lately. because, you know, typically the advice we all see flying around on social media or whatever it might be is to, quote, unquote, not care what people think, not let what other people think affect you and absolutely that is true to an extent in the sense that you know we shouldn't allow the opinions of others to, to really influence or to stop us from pursuing what's meaningful to us and, and acting in a way that's, that's authentic to us. However, I think we need to consider and we'll talk about the fact that human connection and relationships number one factor in everything like number one factor in resilience number one factor in happiness and health and well-being is the quality of our relationships and and how socially connected we feel. Um, and we'll go into that in a second. But the reason I want to touch on that is that I actually think we should use caring what other people think about us to our advantage rather than treating it as something to eliminate, right? As in what I mean by that is the fact is whether we like it or not, like we are hardwired to care what other people think. We're social creatures. We, like, we have become the dominant species on the planet because we learned to live in tribes and cooperate and, communi- and communicate and all this good stuff. And so whether we like it or not, our brains are hardwired to care what people think. One of the key ingredients in passion, the key ingredient or one of the key ingredients in passion is social feedback. Is, is when you have this thing and you get curious about it and you learn and you do some stuff and then you get social feedback from other people that, hey, I like what you're doing. Simple example is like you start uh, playing an instrument and you're like, oh, yeah, it's kind of cool. I'm really enjoying this. And it becomes true passion when you get social feedback and people are like, oh, man, like, you're really good at this. Like, I really like your music. Keep doing that. And that's when you, like, that gives your brain enough fire to go like, oh, this is actually worth pursuing. Social feedback is really important to us, whether we like it or not. And so I think it's a little bit naive to say that we can completely stop caring what other people think because we can't. We're hardwired to care what other people think. It's just that we we need to use that to our advantage and instead allow that to... Drive healthy positive behaviors of going, okay, if I'm hardwired to care what other people think, let's just make sure we're caring about it for the right reasons. So we're not caring like about superficial stuff, but we're using that like um, biological drive to go, okay, I'm going to let that drive me to be a good person. I'm going to let that drive me to be someone who treats others well. I'm going to let that drive me to be someone who leads by example, whatever it might be.
0: Practical example here. Yeah. When this relates to something more practical that we, well, I experience on a day-to-day basis, when how this leads to like this need for social feedback, what people think to lead to how people care about their image with their career, like a certain career pathway, or maybe you can even link this back to, they were brought up with the belief from their parents that they had to have like a university qualified job they had to have this certain standard certain income and then how that then feeds their money mindset with having to have a luxurious lifestyle and and never feeling fulfilled in a career how about how never feeling fulfilled in a career or even a relationship can feed back to the way that they were brought up before because they, they, they didn't. They rebelled against that. They were, they changed against that whole thing. But it's still part of their psyche. But then also how it feeds into our the social feedback regarding to the need to change our bodies now or the need to be to have this image of a certain mother. So the career, the body, and I guess the family life, the perfect family life.
1: Totally, that's a really good point, and that's where. the the one you mentioned particularly around feeling like you have to have a certain type of career or job or lifestyle because that's the pressure you feel from parents whatever that's obviously an example of an unhealthy version of letting someone else's opinion affect us that's obviously the kind of thing we don't want to be doing what i'm referring to is is that whether we like it or not we're going to have this inbuilt thing in our brains that cares what like other people think. like It's why we have a self-image and whether we like it or not, we're social creatures. And so what I'm saying is let's use that biological drive to not to let us make silly career decisions and pursue things we don't care about because that's an example of a bad version of that. But let it drive us in a positive direction. Let it drive us to find more purpose. Let it drive us to pursue that business idea that's really scary because we want to have a positive impact on other people. Let it drive us to be... You know, to shape our self-image as someone who treats others well, as someone who has compassion and empathy for others. Uh, because, you know, whether we like it or not, we're kind of going to care what other people think. So let's just, let, let's use that to our advantage and let it drive some positive behaviours. Obviously, to a healthy extent, we don't want that then to become a vanity thing or a, uh, an obsessed with what others other people think thing. But up to a point, I think it's something that we can use positively to drive, positive behaviours and changes rather than it necessarily being such a negative thing. But as you say, it, it becomes negative or unhealthy when we allow it to be, oh, well, you know, I need to have a certain type of job because my parents think I should or whatever, or you know, I need to uh, you know, not say what's meaningful to me because I'll be worried about what other people think. That's, that's where it gets a bit dangerous. But if we can flip that and go, okay, like, rather than I'm afraid of what people will think about me saying this, uh, yeah, let it, let it, let's look at it from the other perspective of, I have something that will positively impact other people let that drive the behavior to say the thing that is meaningful to me. Anyway, we're probably getting a little, a little off on a tangent here from what we really intended, which is like helping people mentally manage. Lockdowns and, and really realistically any challenging or stressful period. Lockdown is just
0: wait, wait, wait. for people going through the lockdown or going through any challenging time, which is what he said this is going to be all about. If you try to actually sit with yourself and ask yourself deeper questions with why exactly is this challenging? Because it's threatening your status quo, which is exactly what we've been talking about. It's threatening your social feedback because now you're actually faced with being in like you have more contact time with your family so you have to uphold a certain standard in your in in your perception anyway you have like some careers are going to be shackled your like your position in your career may be shackled like what you're the way that you now approach your career all of that stuff is in the unknown so all of this stuff matters if you actually pause and sit with yourself which so many people don't do like People are too busy looking for something as an escape. They're always looking to do something to distract themselves away from actually facing themselves, which is exactly why you lose your identity when shit like this happens. So if we like what you can't change your mind with your mind. So we have this thing that you just mentioned, like imagine it like a cloud. We know that you cannot change your psychology with mindset techniques, with just thinking things. So what are some physical tools that we can do to cope with these thought patterns and how they can relate to both challenging times or uncertain times or times where we just lose that sense of identity using the examples, the example case study of that chick that I told you, or for example, this guy, for example, who said to me, I quote, I will quote this. He said, I think I'm starting to lose myself. Maybe... I had an epiphany, but this one is just about me going to be who I am and stop being what people expect me to be. But the thing is, I've been saying this for the last, literally the last six months. And it's only now that he's listened to it. So how can we make it easier for people to realize this stuff and tools to get this stuff moving and to not be like, oh, I had this epiphany. I'm going to do this. But then after saying the epiphany, you know how people will say something, but then they don't act on it and they go back to doing their ways. And it's almost like they never had that epiphany.
1: We all fall into that trap, myself included at times for sure. Uh, you make a great point about in terms of mentally managing lockdowns, let's, let's just stick with lockdown, but really any, any challenging period. Um, that far and away, the people I've found who, who struggle with it the most are those who are not prepared to actually just sit with who they are and as you said as you said they're they're constantly living this life of distracting themselves from being inside their own head for 10 minutes you know what i mean and so the the challenging thing about lockdown among many other things of course um you know we haven't something something i want to interject with is, is i meant to say this at the start is to make a point that what we're sharing here or what we want to share a kind of universal principles and Realistically, everyone's circumstances are obviously going to dictate how that, uh, h- how useful that is for them. I suppose in the sense that it's not really fair to say that uh, you know, if someone's business has just been completely um, you know, flattened and uh, they're struggling to you know pay the mortgage and they're terrified about like putting food on the table for their kids and all that kind of stuff, it's obviously they're go- they're in a much more challenging situation than those of us who haven't lost a job or you know don't have that kind of financial stress so it's not really fair to say that you know we can just like use some mindset techniques that are going to allow that person to cope just as well as someone whose situation is more fortunate so but more so what I wanted to get across is that what we're wanting to share here might just help that person whose life has been like completely flipped upside down and it might help them go from a two out of ten to a four out of ten you know what I mean or like it might just help them get through and they get through lockdown and they're at a 5 or a 6 out of 10 as opposed to a one, two, three. 2, So, it, yeah, the fact is some people are going to struggle more than others and that's normal and they have to, one of the things we'll talk about is acceptance versus attachment, right, and uh, emotional processing of actually feeling the emotions and not trying to distract ourselves from them, that's acceptance. Um, but, yeah, I just wanted to touch on the fact that you know, realistically, like I'm well aware that some people are a lot more, myself like I'm very fortunate with the situation I found myself in this lockdown Um, uh, and so therefore it's not fair to say that you know someone whose whole business or whole world has been flipped upside down will be able to just like use some you know mindset stuff and get through it as well as someone whose circumstances are much more fortunate but what we can perhaps uh, what we're talking about about like not wanting to distract themselves from from where they're at and, and actually just sitting with it so that probably if we bring like almost everything we do we can bring back to the buddhist principle i'm sure you're familiar with it of like attachment is the root of all suffering and acceptance is kind of the antidote and so that simply means that we cause ourselves more suffering than necessary when we are attached to how we wish things were and it's not how they are so you know, if someone So the, the simple example that applies to virtually every person in lockdown is that if you're going to sit there for two or three weeks, investing all this mental energy in how much you wish you weren't in lockdown, that is, you are attached to how you wish things were. And the fact is, lockdowns are happening whether you like it or not. So sitting there in that mental state of being attached to wishing you weren't in lockdown is just mental energy that you are causing yourself more suffering than you otherwise might need to experience. Um, and so, the, obviously, acceptance becomes the, the antidote of going, like, accepting the fact that this is what is, it's how it is, let's work with where we're at. And part of that means that, or, or that also stems from our principle that we talk about a lot, of taking ownership of your headspace, you are 100% responsible for what goes on in here, regardless of external circumstances. Because a lot of people are sitting here and going, well, the government put us in lockdown and it's their fault that, it's, that, that I'm in such a bad mental state or that I'm struggling. And it's like, well, like maybe but the fact is like if it wasn't locked out at some point in time there's going to be some other circumstance maybe that wasn't the government's fault maybe it was a natural disaster of fucking whatever it might be like you no know, the fact is life's going to happen and, and other people are going to do what they're going to do and if you're going to live the next 20 30 40 50 years of your life uh with your mental state forever at the mercy of what other people are doing and what other um you know, what, what external circumstances are and if there are lockdowns and if what the government are doing and this and that, then you are, whether you like it or not, you're not taking ownership of your headspace. And so that basically is the, you know, almost the same principle as attachment is a root of all suffering and acceptance is the cure. So it's accepting that we're in lockdown. This is the situation. Whatever's happened, happened. If it really sucks, cool. Like feel those feelings because part of that principle of, you know, Um, ownership of your headspace he's not saying that we should have positive emotions all the time that's impossible and unhealthy anyway it's more about accepting that if you've got like some serious stress frustration sadness um you know disappointment whatever it might be with your situation actually feeling those emotions and as you said sitting with them not trying to avoid them
0: i just want to get one word here yeah
1: empathy having but it's
0: not it's
1: for yourself for yourself,
0: to think to yourself. Yeah. too many people yeah. are not actually being kind to themselves not being patient to themselves yeah. at the end of all of this i'm going to link it all the way to how you can progress forward but this is honestly something that you guys need to sit with and something one of my girls said in her post to i think i shared it with you she was like i don't see the importance of like feeling the feels of doing a gratitude journal of doing this, doing that, because I don't see how it changes my physical self. And yeah. this, is, this is why it is so important. Like Thomas is showing you why it is so important. And once I link it to exactly why and to like the fitness and nutrition, you're going to see why all this stuff is something that, is the pill, like it's the pillar that Thomas was talking about. It's, it's the that everything else is oh, actually built upon uh, it. So doubt, content, right and sorry if, if you don't have if you don't have this strong pillar sorry he was having he was having some housemates just having about uh, that
1: yeah just people were people were talking it's all good yeah
0: yeah so if you don't have these strong pillars that are going to hold up your your world as I mean Thomas is about to talk about perspective but If you don't have these strong pillars, which may not look like they're actually impacting your physical self, but that's exactly what comes on top of it because they are holding up your perspective of the world, the perspective of the world as you see it, your core beliefs, your identity. And you have the ability to renovate your house at any time, but you can't renovate your house without having the material there.
1: Hmm. I like that. It's cool.
0: Empathy.
1: Yeah, that's empathy it. Perspective. Empathy is, is really king, isn't it? And and we're going to go back and forth a little bit here, but bringing it back to what I said before about human connection, the relationships and human connection, number one factor in resilience, in well being, in quality of life, like the quality of our relationships and our, our sense of connectedness, connectedness to other people. And so one of the first things we can do in that instance, of course, requires being connected to ourselves and empathy is huge for that. So when we relate that to the ownership principle or to the attachment versus acceptance principle Uh, taking ownership of your headspace is being responsible for how you feel internally but equally it's therefore taking or having empathy for yourself in that you accept the emotions you're feeling and rather than spending several weeks or several months kind of resisting them and and being frustrated at how sad you are or how stressed you are and, and kind of just trying to Um, spend the whole time wishing you weren't feeling that way you know empathy for yourself and acceptance is actually sitting and feeling those feelings like not trying to distract yourself not spending 12 hours a day on your phone all that kind of stuff I know it's really easy to slip into that trap but it's accepting those emotions and actually feeling them like not avoiding them but actually feeling them um, and, and embracing the fact that they suck and that we're allowed to have negative emotions. And we're allowed to feel them and that they have a purpose they're a very they serve a very healthy purpose otherwise we wouldn't be able to feel them um you spoke about wanting to give people kind of somewhat practical or tangible actions to actually work through that like movement is huge exercise is probably the number one tool on the planet that we have for managing our overall what well, okay not the number one tool but it's one of the number, number one tools like if you could take a pill uh, that packaged up all the benefits of movement. Um, you know, like people would just be falling over themselves to get it. Do you know what I mean? In terms of exercise and movement, make us smarter, calmer, they help us with social anxiety, they help us connect, they help us develop better empathy, they help us feel more dopamine. It helps us feel more dopamine. Like the, the, the range of benefits we get from being physically active are just absurd. And so, um, For that reason, I think it's really dangerous to fall into the trap of the gym shut, so therefore I can't exercise and I don't like exercising in my living room. It's like, neither did I go for a walk. Like, I can't stress enough how powerful walking is because the other major thing that you can do with a walk, particularly in lockdown, is get out in nature. And being in nature isn't just this kind of nice, like little, um, you know, pleasant thing that we can do and see some trees and stuff. It has that, it's awesome. But as... Mammals or as animals, which we are, we're biologically hardwired to need connection to nature. Like the you know, from that book Lost Connections, which is Johan Hari's book, all about anxiety and depression. And one of the nine major causes of anxiety and depression is not spending time in nature. Uh, they did all these studies, uh, all these observations on animals which, uh, you know, like wild animals that they captured and then brought to a zoo that wasn't similar enough to their natural environment. And the animals started displaying, like, typical symptoms of, like, anxiety and depression in the sense that they were, um, you know, losing their appetite, acting really frantically. Some of them started self-harming, like, animals will start, like, like, birds will pull their feathers out and shit like that because they've been removed from their natural habitat and they don't feel like they have their natural kind of needs met. There may be
0: some people here that don't actually feel that connection to nature. Like I just saying, they might think this is all voodoo and stuff. But something that I can make a little bit more relatable there is I don't feel like I need a forest of trees or water or mountains or whatever the hell to make me feel better, to make me feel all this other stuff. I don't need that type of nature. But one thing you're not realizing is that's not that's not what nature encompasses in and of itself. For me, just being out and feeling the warmth of the sun on my skin, yep. being out Absolutely. and feeling actual fresh air on my skin, breathing mm-hmm. it in, that, that it. to me is nature. And it has transformed so much of what I do because I, the importance of dopamine, like that to me has allowed me to like, just be more present, which and a lot of people aren't.
1: Totally. Totally. That's huge, Ruby. And that's why that was kind of leading into what I wanted to say, which is that, yeah, you don't need to go and spend the day in a rainforest to get the benefits of nature. I mean, you don't have to live by the ocean to get the benefits of nature. But every person listening to this is going to have, like, you know, some kind of park within. Probably 5Ks of their house where you could just walk around that, or even literally just walking down the, as you say, walking around your block and just taking in the trees on the street, taking in the sky, taking in the clouds, taking in the feeling. Now, when we get into mindfulness, we talk about using all the senses, right? And so it's because. Now, we we all know the feeling of being anxious and like one of the key things of feeling anxious is that your head is noisy and you feel kind of trapped inside your head and it's very noisy and tense. And so when we can get into our body, because we our body is so responsible for or so related to our emotions and and our mood, and we can kind of use our senses more, as you say, feel that you know, like consciously paying attention to the sun on your skin, the wind on your skin, the you know, the fresh air, all those kind of things. How Like much, you appreciate clouds, things like that. That is taking advantage of movement and nature, two in one, and realistically, mindfulness as well. Um, So that is kind of a somewhat physical, practical action people can take. You mentioned dopamine, something that I I, uh, wish I'd done more of during the first lockdowns last year, and I found extremely helpful during lockdowns here back in February, wherever it was. like it was just helping me in life general was to kind of build a bit of a checklist of like I drew up like a chart of like a checklist of kind of activities I wanted to be ticking off each day and then it had like you know like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and it's being able to tick off those little tasks and get that little dopamine hit of you know um, like it could be something really simple it might be that you went for a five minute walk it might be that you spent I, I put on my list the term luxuriating which is my term for like making sure that I take a moment to just really truly enjoy with all my senses, like a few different experiences. So like eating really delicious food. If I'm with my dogs, it's just like being with them and just like really enjoying the feeling of their fur on my hand and like how happy they are and those kind of things, which um, again, just having a list of things that you want to tick off for your day. They could be so simple. But if you tick off, you might not tick all of them off every day. If you tick off a couple and you get a couple of days in a row, you're getting a streak. So that's kind of an example of how you can give yourself a sense of direction and purpose through lockdown. But um, I, I totally get that because I've been there probably early last year that like sometimes when you're mentally struggling, it's, it's so hard to get yourself up to do even the most basic things sometimes. And so a that's tool, uh, I, I'd be curious to hear what you... What you've been finding most useful to get yourself through lockdown, because you've obviously been in one for about, what, three or four weeks now. Oh. Um, I was just going to say that one of the most powerful things we have in our arsenal, which relates to the human connection relationships thing, is that if you can't make yourself feel good, make someone else feel good. Like that's a like just a, um, what's the word? Like a kind of an override of like no matter what mood you're in, if you can do something that brightens someone else's day, You know that one empathy for them, empathy for yourself, but equally you get your own little hit of oxytocin and all these good brain stuff when you make other people feel good. So that is something that you can do if you're struggling through lockdown to go, well, I can't make myself feel good. I don't have it in me to go out for a walk. I don't have it in me to cook nutritious food, whatever it is. Cool. But find someone else in your life that you care about and make their day better. Like Just message them, check in on them, support them, whatever it might be. And at least then you can finish the day. We'll talk about gratitude. You can finish, get to the end of the day and go, well, at least I accomplished that. I, you know, I checked in on my mate who I haven't heard from and he was struggling. And I know that, yeah, you've, you've sort of, you've accomplished something positive for the day and you've made someone else feel good. Like, I reckon that's pretty impactful, but I would be curious to hear Ruby, what you have found useful for getting through your lockdown the last, what is it now, four weeks maybe?
0: That's probably going to be a really good thing to start with. Is I don't even freaking know. And that's (laughs) like, that's a video, but it's like, has it been four weeks already? Like, oh, I
1: think
0: so. The only thing that's really freaking threw me around is the fact that I never know what bloody day it is anymore. Like, I think it's (laughs) Monday when I wake up. And then when I finish my workout, I'm like, oh, wait, no, it's Wednesday. And then before I know it, I'm thinking it's Thursday. Like, this is what I mean by. Like Thomas was saying, no matter what the hell you decide to do with your time, whether you want to feel sorry for yourself, be absolutely impractical and not actually physically, just give yourself some bloody tough love and get your ass up and try and just do one thing, time's going to pass anyway. Like time is passing regardless. What are you going to do with it? Because in that time, you are losing like, I I just kind of, like there is so much that you can, start to amplify on and that's pretty much been my COVID like that's why I don't even know what bloody date is in lockdown what have I been doing more I've focused so much more on my podcasting why because it's something it's like we spoke about in our last podcast what are our core beliefs like my core belief is validation it's it's recognition it's it's I guess accomplishment in terms of I'm putting out good stuff into the world that can actually help people. And I have something that's validating me because I know that it's, it's doing something for someone, if that makes yeah. sense. So the fact that I am doing more in terms of that and able to focus more on being able to, like I now have resources that I can link my clients. That makes me feel powerful because it's of like, course. okay, you're, you're struggling with this. try try, like listening to this podcast yeah okay but then there are stories that people tell themselves that they're not a podcast person and I guess this comes down to not being able to slow their mind or not being able to focus or whatever it is or just the stories that they tell themselves just like that like something has to serve us in a particular way for us not to connect to something like I as much as I would love to be reading books right now and the story Behind that is the story I tell myself is that I just can't focus on books. I can easily set a time if I wanted to. I could set a time block and be like, right, no computer, shut computer, no this, shut that, just read the book. But it's obviously not enough of a pull for me to want to do that. And that comes with everything else as well, which is where you need to connect it to stuff. See, for me, it's not really that important in retrospect, even though I would love to do it because I have this massive source of, I, if I wanted to, I could listen to an audio book. Like I'm, I know that what serves me most is audio and visual. I love podcasts because I love podcasts. I'm choosing that over the books. But if I found that I needed to do something uncomfortable to actually move me out of the current state I'm in, then connecting it to the outcome is going to help me. Like I'm not big on pen, like, paper writing, book stuff like that. But when I was struggling a few, no, a couple of years ago, I, I was doing my gratitude journal and I had this five-step process where I'd write three things I'm grateful for, three things that happened in the day that made me happy and three things, wait, no, three things in the day that were wins and accomplishments and three things that made me smile. And then there was at the bottom one line that said, what is one thing that you can do to prove upon today for tomorrow? Or what is one thing, something like that. And I was doing that every single night. Did that help my physical body? No, but it did, just not directly. Just like how sleep doesn't directly make you fat, but it indirectly makes you fat, like a lack of sleep, that type of stuff. And this is where I wanted to not really dig into me, but make what you said relatable. So the house analogy, if you can't raise the roof, which you really can't in lockdown and you really can't when shit's going down the sink, Raise the floor. If you can't raise the roof, raise the floor. And something else that you touched on, I made a note of this too, is it's almost like I can't remember what you said, but something you said made me realize it's almost like seeing everywhere that you aren't right now in any journey. Oh, I'm not there yet. Oh, I still have all this to lose. Oh, I'm still not happy with my body. It's thinking of everything you lack instead of seeing how far you've already come, not sitting with yourself, not giving yourself credit, not celebrating your wins more not practicing gratitude and this is going to be a really good segue into gratitude in a second but I also wanted to touch on the human connection that you said this is where you can actually use social media to your advantage in a positive way curate your feed to be stuff that actually grow you make more connections online like I love social media and I've always loved social media and people are shooting at it, but it's my way of connection. And I love human connection. I feel validated on it because I am online and a lot of my really good friendships, like we live in a world, a digital age now, a lot of relationships are as crazy as it sounds, not down the road anymore. They're people in different suburbs, people in different States, in different countries, human connection. Doesn't just have to be physical. And the last thing I want to touch on, which is going to be the best segue into how this relates to your physical body and how you can use this lockdown, like lockdown is an amazing opportunity for you to have more time to be more introspective of who are you and what is it that actually gives you joy? Because then when you go back into the place that you were once before, you have a lot more purpose. And something that I'm going to start saying now because I saw it yesterday, it's not just about taking action and it's not just about being aware. It needs to be aligned with you and your direction. So it's aligned awareness, aligned action. You do what you do on purpose, but with purpose. So back to what I was saying, like all this stuff that he's been speaking about, I've been speaking about, these are the... Like we, we started this whole thing talking about motivation. All whole thing was about motivation. But what did we say it was? We said it was a skill. All these things that we are talking about right now are skills. And this—it's like you can apply these to anywhere in life. The skill of actually being resilient in times like this. Like he mentions, just going—like just going to have coffee now—he's more gra- grateful for it. Or just going down to the park—he's more grateful for it. It's like,
1: pff,
0: so what? It's just going to the park, like big whoop perception perception big thing like it could be as simple as just like finally being more mindful with your food oh big whoop I was more mindful with my food perception that's a really big thing because that leads to a whole host of other things like there are so many different things that you can work on now that you never did before and oh there's just so much we can like connect to how it leads into everything else like being more mindful in everything you do every day now and being able to sit with yourself allows you to have better relationships at work because you know yourself better. You're not going to allow someone else to manipulate you. You're going to actually know what drives you and you're going to go for the right things instead of spinning your wheels later down the track. You're going to know what it is that fulfills you so then you're not anymore clinging to just the gym. There's other things around you. And I've I've never gone through a lockdown this positive before. Last time I was a mess. I was like, no, I need to do this. I need to do this. I can't believe I lost this. And it was just me needing to lift heavy shit because it was like, it gave me so much more gratitude for going into the gym. I used to slug myself in the gym before. And it was also when I was like prepping for my powerlifting meet, but it never felt like it was right. But being being forced to sit with myself for all those months of lockdown forced me to actually do something other than what I was constantly doing every day and making my life about fitness, about lifting, about everything that I do. Because even though I'm a coach and this is what I do, I have so much more to life. Outside of that, well, no, I don't. My whole life is coaching. I'm just going to say that. My whole life is coaching because why? It's purpose. It it's what I love doing. But my whole life is not lifting weights, going to the gym what I eat. That stuff just makes my life better. It gives me more tools for the toolbox and coaching and coaching isn't just, in fact, it's nothing at all to do with the training and the nutrition. Those are tools that enhance your transformation, but you cannot do it without those pillars that we mentioned. So this is why it is so important and it may not look like it impacts your physical body, but maybe you can even just freaking listen to this thing over again now that you heard my spiel on it and actually apply it to your life because how can you have a strong house without these foundations? Because if one little thing collapses, you're lost because you only have the whole house riding on that one pillar. You need to build several pillars to keep your house afloat.
1: Many and many, that yeah. house,
0: your body is pretty much your house as well.
1: Yeah, so- absolutely.
0: I guess I really want you to talk about gratitude, the stories we tell ourselves and perception now because they're probably the most important things in all of that.
1: Sure. That was a really, really fascinating little monologue, Ruby. I was really interested with several things you said. You made the point about the fact that uh, coaching, putting out content that's useful, uh, useful to people, helping clients, all that kind of thing is on some level you're getting validation from it and social recognition, all that kind of stuff. And that's an example of what I spoke about earlier of using that need to want to be significant and wanting to have meaning and uh, be valued by other people positively using it to drive behavior that where you go, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to use that to drive me to do something that helps other people. That's an example of healthily using that, caring about what other people think among like i know it's not the only reason that you do it but my point is like you're using it healthily to drive positive behavior so that's a great example of that and you said that obviously you've used this time to focus on building uh, you know really ramping up your podcast and pumping out more episodes and things like that again that's an example of making sure that you've got a sense of purpose a little a little project a little something that you're working on through this lockdown And so that kind of comes back to the gratitude and perception and perspective angle of lockdown is happening anyway, whether you like it or not. And again, we can apply this to any stressful, challenging circumstance. It's happening whether you like it or not, which means you have the choice to either spend the whole time frustrated and wishing that it wasn't happening, or you can accept the fact that it has happened, not spend three, three weeks or three months bitching about the government the whole time. and Instead, accept that it's happened And then ask yourself the question, how could I view this as something I'm really grateful for? Because it's happened whether you like it or not, which means taking ownership of your headspace looks like asking yourself that question of how can I actually be glad that this is happening on some level? It doesn't mean that you can't also be frustrated. You can't also kind of wish we weren't in lockdown, but it's happening anyway. So how can you view it as something that at least part of you is deeply grateful for? And so we can use that to drive things like introspection, things like learning more about ourselves, things like asking ourselves the question, okay, how can I learn and grow from this? Because as I say, it's happening whether you like it or not. So we need to come away from things with the perspective of, as John Martini, my Messiah says, we can view things as either on the way or in the way. So you can either look back on COVID and the last 12 or 18 months as being this terrible thing that you wish hadn't happened. The fact is it happened anyway. So if you do that, you're just causing yourself more suffering than you need to. Instead, you can apply the, the strongest sense of gratitude you can and figure out what is most meaningful to me. What is my sense of purpose? What are my highest values? How can I view, how can I have the perception or the perspective of lockdown? or this challenging period as being on the way to contributing towards my sense of purpose and my highest values. How can I view this as somehow positively contributing towards what's most meaningful to me? And so uh, for me, you know, one of my, like, like probably my number one priority in life is is simply my sense of uh, internal well-being and, and mental health and uh, basically mastering my internal will is, is the phrase that I use. And so for me, I take that and I allow that to give me the perspective of being grateful for literally everything that ever happens to me, because even if it's a challenge, it's allowing me to develop skills to better manage my internal world. I'll give you an example. I had a fight with a guy of sorts uh, about a week ago here, a guy who uh, was, he basically tried to physically like remove me from his apartment because I said I voted for Dan Andrews in our last election. Most people in a conflict like this would be really distressed that it had happened. They'd be going fuck up, you no, know, like this guy's a dick. I wish that this had not. Like they'd be wishing that this fight hadn't happened. To me, I actually gave the guy a hug. I like, I, I stood, up, I said, mate, like I gave him a hug. I was like, yeah, I. He was really stressed out because of, um, you know, financially with COVID and lockdowns and all that stuff. And I met him with empathy and compassion for this guy is just. You know projecting his internal world he's hurting he's stressed as hell and he's taking that out on people who have a different opinion than him or whatever and it was like this has happened anyway so i could sit here wishing that this hadn't happened or i can view it as an opportunity to master my internal world and so hence why i come at that with the approach of i'm going to meet this guy with empathy and compassion and use this as an opportunity to better uh, grow as a person to better manage my or, or develop the skills of empathy and compassion uh you know to uh, to better manage or, or to best master my internal world in terms of what i allow to bother me now, i could have sat there for the next you know the, the rest of the night or the next couple of days really frustrated that this guy had like tried to you know like basically almost fight me And instead it was like, hey, how can I be glad this happened? It's like, well, because it's teaching me patience, it's teaching me compassion, it's teaching me empathy, it's teaching me to grow as a person and better manage my internal will. Also, also, also,
0: if you actually pause, I want to relate this to binge eating because it's been my theme lately. So it's almost like if this sudden thing happens and you don't pause and it's like, okay, so if he was to actually respond the way the other person expected him to, what would have that led to? It would have led to a massive fight, a massive blowout, a massive, like, a catastrophe. So that ends part one of this amazing episode with Thomas. So hope you could gather something beneficial, something relatable, and got to take quite a few goodies from this part of the episode. If you got anything from it or feel that anyone else can benefit from it, it would mean the world to me if you could share it either privately to them, to your story, tag me in it. And if you want to chat about anything, I'm here in my Instagram. So, yeah, thank you for listening.